Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Kevin Zaid, and today, Jordan and I have just returned from the Sundance Film Festival. We got to spend five days there. We saw ten movies, and we will bring you a full recap of our experience at the film festival next week. This week on the show, you'll hear me and Jacob Davis talking about Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Hey, f*** it. What? Don't say what, Dixon, when she comes in calling you a f*** head, and don't you Shut come up. in here. You get over here. No. You get over here. All right. What? Don't, Dixon. What? I'm you do not allow a member of the public to call you a f*** head in this station house. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking care of it in my own way, actually. Get out of my ass. Mrs. Hayes, have a seat. What is it I can do for you today? The film just won big at the SAG Awards this last Sunday, just in time for Jacob and I's conversation, which you will hear now. Welcome to One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Every week, we talk about film, sometimes new. I was there to push people beyond what's expected of them. Sometimes old. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Films that inspire creativity. Films that inspire hope. I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum, and then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build schools. Films that take you to a place you never knew existed. I'm feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Sometimes films that are just entertaining. Now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. We hope that when you listen to us, you walk away with a new idea, a new perspective, or at least you have a good time. Jacob, you and I just watched Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Which I will from here on call Three Bilbs. Three Bilbs. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I could get behind it. Yeah. Uh, now, you saw it for the first time. Now. Yeah, and this was your this second? This my second time. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's, get right into, uh, let's get right into it. I know you walked out, and while we were discussing... Right away, you were thinking maybe uh, this is a six. I I am. Uh, it's definitely a contender. I should say that it's uh, it's currently going through the for your consideration phase in my head, where the pop up ads in the web articles that are my thoughts read <laughs> for your consideration three billboards in Ebbing, Missouri, or three bilbs. Three bilbs. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I walked into it the first time thinking, like, first two movies of uh, Martin McDonough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, yeah, I love both of them, mm-hmm. um, in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, uh, Seven Psychopaths also starring Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so I was really excited because Sam Rockwell is probably one of my favorite actors of all time. Yeah. Uh, love him. Yeah. And so I was really excited to see uh, and th- this movie had been getting all kinds of built up for me. Like, yeah. And so this went, I went in with it feeling pretty stacked. And the first time I watched it, um, I think I was a little confused by how dark yet funny Yet, uh, 
not that the tone changes. It's just I wasn't sure how to feel. And I just kind of walked away being maybe a little underwhelmed basing it against his previous works. Yeah, previous yeah. works, expectations, build up around it. Um, every once in a while, I just can't escape it. And I walk out being like, eh, that was all right. Like, yeah. And uh, this was more than it was all right. This was – it's solid. This guy can't make a bad movie. Yeah. Um, watching it a, sec time, a second time gave me a whole new appreciation. And I really enjoyed um, watching it a second time. Yeah. A lot better. Yeah. It was uh, it was quite enjoyable. Uh, but, yeah, second, second viewing uh, improved quite a bit, actually, for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the story is basically about Frances McDormand. Yeah. Uh, and she's brilliant. She is. She's, it... there's a lot of women performances this year specifically that are, uh, that are great. Yeah. Sally Hawkins, we talked about last week. The uh, Shape of Water. In The Shape of Water. Yeah. That was brilliant. Um, and now I'm pulling Sersha. Yeah, Sersha and Lady Bird and Laurie Metcalf. I know that won't be a leading performance, but still. Um, but Frances McDormand really takes us Mc to it. It's McDormand. What did I say? McDormand. I said it with an N. No, you did not. You said McDormand. We'll play the tape. You, to play the tape. Okay. I guarantee you will hear McDormand. Well, that sounded like McDormand. There you go. Okay. You said it right that time. All right. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I just... <laughs> Francis McDermott. Uh, <laughs> Saoirse. <laughs> uh, but she takes it to another level. I love her in Fargo and, you know, yada, yada, blah. Everybody loves her in Fargo. Right. Every... This... Ah, she blew me away. Yeah. She love was... It. She was great. Um, Francis McDormand's performance was exactly the kind of performance that I would hope that the Golden Globe would be given to for Best Actress. Yeah. Which she won. Um, and in the past, I feel like the Golden Globes are so like, no, whatever. Um, so that having watched a movie, I, I was actually very um, entranced by her. Uh, She's on a whole nother level, it yeah. feels like. It's, it's really really good all the performances i felt like were that way um there were moments in that film where i hated every single character it's different moments for each character and there were moments where i loved each character this movie is uh it really explores the complexity of humanity uh in, as far as the characters go, because no character at one point is entirely evil or entirely good. Right. And uh, and the performances, especially Rockwell and uh, McDermott and what's the sh the chief guy? Harrelson. Woody yeah, Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Um, oh, commendable. All three of them are... are uh, are interchangeable for terrible people and good people at the same time. And it's just kind of one of those. Huh, I, what's funny is I didn't really feel Woody Harrelson was terrible. I feel like as you watch the film, you might've thought at the very beginning that he was terrible, but as the film goes on, 
and not in like a reveal, but just kind of like you realize like, oh, he wasn't bad. He actually. I guess. Uh, yeah. So you're right. I think you're right with say that about Woody after our brief discussion. Yeah. Off off air. Uh, I think that that makes sense that he's the most. As far as a moral compass goes, he's not inconsistent necessarily. Yeah. Um. There's a few characters that don't matter to the actual story mm-hmm. um, that do a great job. Peter Dinklage is Peter Dinklage. very good. He's uh, he's different enough from his Tyrion right. character. It's still hard to kind of separate him. Well, that's uh, yeah, I get that. That's the Obi Wan Kenobi effect with Alec Guinness yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, um, but you're right. He is great. He's good. Yeah. Um, He's great, but yeah, every time he comes on screen, I just hear Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. Uh, no, he was phenomenal. Um, Lucas Hedges as the son. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah, great. The perfect like teenager caught in the middle of this horrible situation. Um, uh, I mean, everyone every uh, uh the lady who plays uh the chief's wife mm-hmm. like she had a minor part and she was still so compelling um her last line in the film like hurt me uh, uh when she confronts Frances McDormand in the in the gift shop right um that was awesome uh yeah that was a good scene Zeljko Ivanek the desk sergeant the guy who kind of reminds me of like a skeevier version of the guy who plays Agent Coulson. Does in, he play uh, in in the Avengers? Cedric. Yeah, Cedric, yeah, the, he's the sar- great. desk sergeant. Um, <laughs> oh, you uh, don't let her call you <laughs> in your own station. <laughs> oh, so good. Or um, uh, Sandy Martin as uh, as Sam Rockwell's mother. She's oh, great. Yeah, she's great. Oh, man. And just, I think another thing I really enjoyed about the film and what I actually enjoy about most of uh, McDonough's films is that there is this sense of impending doom the entire time, but it never pulls off in a way that feels cheap or it's not like everybody dies right. and it's really gory and violent. It's like, it's really violent and some people die. But you also learn something, and so I just, I really liked it. Like, the, I, I just expected the relationship between Sam Rockwell and his mother to go somewhere else. Oh, right, right, right. And right. it never, it never did. does. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few scenes that uh, were really interesting to me uh, the second time around, and that was one, the, pe- the dinner with Peter Dinklage. Oh yeah, that really hit me hard, uh, because walking out of the first time, I realized like, like you'd never really root for Frances McDormand. Like you want her to find the her daughter's killers. Yeah. Like you want her to find justice and peace. Right. But you like throughout the whole movie, you realize she's not really a good person. Like yeah. she's got a lot of flaws. Like oh yeah, if you're rooting for her, you're rooting for someone equally comparable to like the sam rockwell character yeah now maybe not a flaw as basic as being a racist cop you know like it's harder to root along that line but like 
the the moral flaws are still so deep that yeah. you uh you know there's a couple of scenes and when i walked out of it the first time there was i was like yeah, it's hard to root for her she's not a good person mm-hmm. watching it a second time it made it even more apparent and it but it was a lot more subtle yeah. like at the same time like wow like it really uh cleaned up the performance of like oh wow this she's She's not just a bad person or a good person. She's just a struggling person. Yeah. Like, just barely floating was how it came across the second time Yeah, um, for me. Well, I feel like that's a very good way of, uh, like, that seems to be a film theme for McDonough is, you know, each, each movie you might have, like, a morally, like, untouchable or a good person who and they're never a main character. There's seriously, and I'm not talking like even in the way that I considered like Woody Harrelson's character to be a good person. Right. But like you have these people who are, um, who are neutral characters who are normal people in the sense of they actually have these, like they're not, you know, killers. They're not psychopaths. They're not involved in, you know, the flawed investigation of a horrific murder. Right. Um, they're just normal people and they're never a main part of the story. They just kind of float in and remind you. They're almost like a juxtaposition. Oh, right, right. To like, oh my gosh, like, so Peter Dinklage is like such a normal character, which is also hilarious because it's definitely, and they did the same thing. He, he did the, McDonald did the same thing in, in Bruges. Where you have a dwarf, uh, a little person. Um, I'm, I apologize. I'm not sure what the uh, uh, polite and correct terminology is, but um, <laughs> who who represents something that's kind of outside of like this moral degradation that's occurring in the right. main storyline. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's really good. Uh, I was surprised by the lack of violence on screen, gory violence. Yeah. Um, watching his other two, yeah, they get very gr- gruesome and violent. Which, if you pause and think about the scenes of violence in this film, though, it's still really violent. It, yeah. There's two scene, three, three scenes, three extreme violence. Three, scenes. yeah. But even then, the extreme violence is not visual which i actually really liked it yeah. made me uh it's still the content is still very violent and yeah. if you think about it on a real level at any moment you're like that's disgusting and yeah. sickening it is um and it's still shocking but as far as like uh you know i i think of people out there some of our listeners who get like kind of visual gore just mm-hmm. really bugs them out and they don't want to watch it yeah um the the theme of violence is here very much so yeah. but it's not something you would have to like look away or get sick watching yeah you could literally blink four times and miss any of the actual violence right. that's perpetrated on screen you know, so the content is still there yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah so i thought i thought that was a nice touch especially cuz seven psychopaths is gory yeah seven psychopaths was a film I love uh, me that I also. don't know that I could ever watch again. Yeah, oh, yeah you mentioned was. that, I think. Um, but yeah, it's I I own it. 
Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it is very graphic, though. Yeah, it's super graphic. That's the word I've been looking for the entire time is graphic. Because I keep saying gruesome. or No, gruesome. I usually think of explicit as the terminology, yeah. so graphic is the yeah. one that I would use for violence. Um. Man, yeah, I I think um, I just I was on board from the word go. Um, I also really appreciated that the horrific murder was not shown, exploited. Well, it's not even an exploitation thing for me. It's kind of a storytelling thing. Is it happened? The story begins after the fact, and not only after the fact, but I think like seven months yeah. after the fact. Yeah, and so you're. I feel like the way the story ends and the way the story begins are in the middle of what most films would are in between. This film takes place in between what, what most films would focus on. Yeah. That's and a great, that was my uh, favorite part of insight. the insight. I didn't think about that, but yeah, we don't see the, the thing that sets the whole story in motion, the mm -hmm. beginning and Depending on what you're looking for, there's no real conclusion here. And that's not to say this is a movie that ends in a place where you're like, well, what happened? Right. Did the top fall over? Or was it <laughs> was he in a dream world? Yeah, like, this is not an inception, what happened, it's a... Right. It, it's, it's just that this is the story you get. And yes, these people's lives all continue. Yeah. But, you know, so... Uh, yeah, that, that was, that's really... I really like that as well. Um the the you didn't need to see the murder yeah because number one you didn't need to feel more empathy for these people who already don't behave very well right <laughs> they didn't need any more reason to be like oh but remember what we saw in the beginning and how awful and terrible that was right therefore everything she does is justified you know what i mean like huh. which is interesting because even just the abstract concept of what happened was enough for you to at least want to see justice done or exactly. for you to to stick with the story. Right. Uh right. Yeah, that's interesting. It's hmm. a good it's a good way of it, yeah, it didn't need to happen. Right. Just the concept itself was gruesome enough to yeah, make you want to see it through. Gruesome. Uh Graphic. Well, any, yeah. <laughs> Anything else on uh, on the movie before we rate it? I would encourage you to go see it. It's a weird film in the sense of, not in the sense of avant-garde. It's not like there's floating heads in black space, you know, pontificating about stuff. It's it's weird in the sense that you are laughing and crying and. Um, disturbed while at the same time entertained it, uh it is it is not like and all three of his films are that way i leave going wow for very different reasons right. um so don't expect a super straightforward film it's complex but i would highly encourage that you to go see three bilbs because um <laughs> i really hope someone walks up to the box office after i after listening to this and be like one adult for three bilbs please <laughs> three bilbs what <laughs> uh go order a ticket for three bilbs uh just go see the film it's it's a great film it's compelling 
it's well acted uh it's not predictable it really isn't yeah i agree i agree uh trying yeah that, that i think that sums it up well done sir thank you it's time to rate three billboards or three bilbs <laughs> <laughs> I give it three out of three billboards. <laughs> All right, five bilbs. <laughs> five bilbs. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, and I'd like to hear your reasons why, please, sir. Ooh. Challenge accepted. Uh, a movie for me is going to have the best chance at getting a high rating when the characters are fully developed and mm. real. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a very character-driven story. Not to say that the plot isn't important or there. It's definitely both. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, this is a story about real people, people that exist in this world. Um, and you get to see them change. You get to see them you get to root for them. You get to root against them. You get to be, uh, you, they make you laugh. They make you cry. Um, the, the dialogue is so well-written. Um, it's never leaves you wondering like, oh, why did this happen? Why did they say that? That nobody talks like that. Sometimes like there's a film kind of in this area, like yeah. in this genre, like a lot, a lot of the Cohen brothers, they're they're so specific in their dialogue. You kind of wonder, no one talks like that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't happen here. Like this has its own tone, but they were so real. The characters were so developed and complex, and that's gonna that's gonna go really far with me. Um, the the story was like I wanted to know what happened, yeah. and they didn't leave me disappointed, and. Uh, and yeah, so for those reasons, mostly just the well-written story, the the complexity of all the components and the acting slash performances is going to land at a four and a half, five, four and a half beers, sir. All right. <laughs> uh, I was I was captivated by the performances. Um, shoot, I I loved uh, the soundtrack. Um, mm. uh, it was a movie that kept me on my, on my toes. I was always waiting for what happens next and was, um, didn't know where it was going to go, uh, was afraid to predict in case I was right. Right. Um, and, uh, again, just this story that is so incendiary happening in between, uh, a horrible act and and any possibility of of um, of justice uh, it was it was so compelling to me um, mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't look away and it was also a very gratifying film yeah just yeah it just I don't know in a world that can seem so messed up sometimes to watch a film where you are seeing people struggle so hard to make it right. Um, 
just really uh, can be a powerful a powerful force and uh, and of course I'm discovering this now as I'm talking about it <laughs> but for that reason um, it's gonna get a five out of five for me it's gonna get a five out of five I like um, it Francis McDormand you're my hero uh, <laughs> Peter Dinklage I love you and um, everyone Woody Harrelson Sam Rockwell is wonderful wonderful yep but yeah um, this is my five out of five wow I like it I'm glad I'm considering it I'm considering it for for a a full six okay six pack so we will see we will see see. got a lot of movies to watch in the next month or so for Oscar consideration right so yeah uh very good. Four and a half and five. Yeah. This last week's ratings only swapped. Only swapped. <laughs> that is true. And now it's time for homebrew. Homebrew. We just got them out of our house. Now we have to have dinner with them? I'm very professional, is it? It's social. Tracy, I haven't left this house in, in years. I had to get out of the house and fast. What have you been watching lately, sir? What have I been watching, sir? Um, I watched this wacky, wacky 28-minute film called La Jetée by a man named Martin, which I guess will be Martin if he's French, um, his last name. And it is the original inspiration for Terry Gilliam's 12 Monkeys. Interesting. And it is a bananas 28-minute film. Did you watch that on Filmstruck? Uh, you can actually access it on the internet if you just type in La Jete. It's J-E-T-E with an accent E. Um, you probably don't need to type in the accent. Google's smart enough. But the entire film is photos interesting and it's still so compelling um yeah and so uh it's definitely an artier in you know a little bit artier a little bit fartier okay but um if you like 12 monkeys it's at least worth having seen this film to see where they where a lot of the ideas come from and a lot of modern time travel movies in general interesting uh, I don't think I've actually ever seen Twelve Monkeys, either original I swore or the first time I saw I saw it was with you. Maybe it wasn't. It I don't m- think so. It might have been with with Jordan Newton. Mm. With you've never seen that with Bruce Willis and Brad know. Pitt Brad, and uh, yeah, no, never wow. seen it. Wow. Well, you and I are gonna have to watch it. Excellent. Um, and then uh, I've got a lot of films to watch for a class that I'm in, so they're coming up though. Okay, I'll I'll have better things to say later. Good. Uh, I watched recently Lonesome Dove. Oh, is that a? It's a mini series. Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, It's my coworker Mike hailed it as one of the best mini series of all time. Okay. Uh, and I it was on a few lists as well. Um. (laughs) And watched it. Mike, your source has been authenticated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was... There's four parts. Uh-huh. 
and part one was pretty good. Okay. Getting to meet all the characters. They're fun, typical Western characters. Yeah. Takes a hard dive in episode two. Oh, yeah. Like, this is terrible. Like, oh, wow. Bad. Uh-huh. Bad acting. Bad story plot. Like, bad, just bad filming, even. Like, yeah. it was all so bad. And I was like, I don't even know if I want to finish this. Episode three gets a little bit better. Okay. And then episode four comes in out of nowhere and, like, knocks me flat oh, on my back wow. and i was just like wow the emotional core at the fourth episode and it kind of made me feel like okay well now i know why we got three kind of crappy episodes um <laughs> uh, because you know you waiting for this big finale. finale oh man i loved it some great tommy lee jones acting oh on this, good this emotionally i really really like tommy lee jones i do too i'm a huge fan even the well, Valley of Elah, which yeah. is like the most boring film it's, ever, yeah. he is great. Oh, speaking of that, it's on Netflix. It's called Sunset or something like that. It's him and Samuel Samuel L. Jackson. What? And Tommy Lee Jones is a either a looking professor this up right now. Before Sunset or Sunset Limited? That's what it is. Sunset Limited. Uh. Tommy Lee Jones is about to kill himself and Samuel Jackson like stops him. Whoa. That sounds intense. But the whole movie is a conversation around their dinner table. Seriously? Yeah. What in the world? I'm not seeing it, dude. Either way, we okay. Yeah, we should find figure this. I'll out. figure out what it is, and uh, I'll edit it back edit in. Edit it back that. in. This is what it's called: Sunset Limited. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm looking at it. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, really yeah. good. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I watched Lonesome Dove. If you're a big Western fan, uh, I think the finale really is worth. It really is worth the the trek um i also watched the hitman's bodyguard oh oh how was that i really enjoyed it it's nothing spectacular it's not gonna make anybody's list but for a friday night action film Uh i really had a good time um samuel l jackson and ryan reynolds have much better chemistry than ryan reynolds and denzel washington who are in that movie Safe House, Yeah, which is pretty much the exact same film. Oh, that's hilarious. Only one of them's funny, and one of them's an attempt at seriousness. Uh, and it's like, Denzel lost. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and coming from me, that's a, that's a big admission. And what did you watch The Hitman's Bodyguard on? Uh, I rented that on oh, okay. Redbox. Got it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, I think I talked with your wife last week about The Lovers uh, on Amazon Prime with Tracy Letts and Deborah Winger. Okay. If you haven't listened to the episode yet where we talk about The Post, uh, it's phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, I think you'll really like it. Cool. I will have to watch that then. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. All right. Uh, 
kind of a short episode. This episode's going to release not this Tuesday, but the next Tuesday. Okay. Uh, I will have just been back from Sundance when this releases. Oh, boy. And so we'll have a lot to talk about after this show airs. Good. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, until next time, Jacob. Thank you. Until next time. Go eat you. some uh, pulled pork. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Well, that was Jacob and I's conversation about three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's getting lots of praise, as I mentioned early at the start of the show. I recommend this movie, uh, especially if you are looking forward to the Oscar season. Uh, it's going to be nominated, so you should probably check it out while you can, while it's in theaters. This show is produced by the Zay Story Studios. The clips that do not belong to one brew over the cuckoo's nests taken from YouTube. Next week, Jordan and I will have a conversation about all the films we saw in Sundance, and after that, Jacob and I will be covering Paul Thomas Anderson's film, Phantom Thread. Thanks for tuning in to One Brew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Are you not entertained? Jacob, you and I just watched Three Builds. Three, three, I already messed it up. Uh, scene two or take two? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>